Episode number nine. All right, guys. So uh, uh, as you can tell, Dan is not here. We're, we're doing a little. We're doing things a little bit different this week. We decided to kind of not only give ourselves a little bit of a break, but you know, we have so many new listeners uh, in this year in, in itself. The growth has been just—it's it, been phenomenal, and we couldn't be any any happier and any more thankful for that growth. So, but there's a lot of you who don't, you know, they listen to us, they listen to the current crew, but they don't really know where RC Heli Nation came from, where it started, and how it turned into what it really is today. So, I have with me, this is the first time on the show uh, that we've had this individual as a guest. Um, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. Completely different. And you're going to see how the backside of everything all started. So with me, I have, with no further ado, the Danimal, the maestro, <laughs> the MC, the man behind the mic where it all started, Dan K. Reed, everyone. Say hi, Dan. Hey, Nick. What's going on, dude? Dude, this is weird. <laughs> it is, it, I'm just going to get this out of there right in the beginning and say this is awkward. It does feel a little strange, but I'll, I'm kind of liking it. I, I might be able to get used to this. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, this, yes. Obviously, is is completely different. You've never been, have you ever been on this side of the mic before? Uh-uh. Nope. No. Nope. Never. Well, so the reason we uh, <laughs> we brought you, yeah, if that works, the reason I brought you on the show was because I wanted to really uh, kind of rewind the clock and let everyone know you know where this where this came from where did this masterpiece that you started with your vision what made you what made you want to do this well you know when i first started in the hobby uh here in montana as you well know nick there's not a lot of people around here <laughs> <laughs> and out of those people only I fly helicopters. That's not completely true. There's one other guy. I I just was so into it, and I didn't really have an outlet or anyone to talk to about it. So I actually started listening to some podcasts about it. In particular, I was listening to uh, Chris and James from, at the time, I believe it was called All Things That Fly. Mm-hmm. And I was really, I was listening, I mean, I couldn't get enough of that. I mean, I was listening to those guys all the time. And I, like a lot of our listeners, I was able to just sit and listen to a bunch of episodes at once and just really kind of catch up. But it was a lot of fun. And while I was kind of searching through those podcasts, looking for that kind of stuff, I ran across a guy 
from Helifreak. His name is Dicey. Uh, screen name Dicey. His real name is David. Uh, really, really nice kid. Uh, well, he's a man now. This was a long time ago, <laughs> but long time, long time ago. So I was listening to one of Dave's show and it was called the RC freak podcast. And I used to go into the Heli freak chat room all the time. And he was a frequent visitor there as well. And I just said to him, I just took a shot one day. I said, dude, I would love to come on your show. I don't know. You know, I don't know, really know. I, I you know, cause he, he, I think he mentioned something about wanting is anyone interested in help or, you know, coming on? And so I said, sure, I'd love to. So I did an episode with him and I don't remember the number. I think it was like 32 of the RC freak. Dude, I remember being so freaking nervous. I was just, <laughs> God, I was just dying. I, I just, what, I, dude, I, I could hear my voice quaking while we were talking. I mean, it was like, I just kept thinking to myself, don't say anything stupid. Don't say anything stupid. And of course, the first thing I did, I would say something stupid. Oh, of course. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. And we had a pretty good rapport, Dave and I did. And and so I decided, or I asked him, hey, man, I'll come back if you want me to. And he's like, sure. So it was a couple episodes later. He just started introducing me as his get, or his co-host. And that's kind of where it all started. Wow. Now, did you have... I mean, have you? Did you have any other previous experience, even outside of helicopters, with like audio stuff, speaking, anything like that? Well, the speaking, um, I've never really been a shy public speaker. Uh, but as far as audio, uh, I, ha- I used to be a I used to be in a band when I was younger, as a lot of guys did, and I was the guy that kind of took care of the audio for the drums and the guitars and the bass and the vocals and ah, uh, gotcha. And you know, I had all I was the one that had all the equipment. Um, so that was my only experience, and it was real limited. I mean, it was real elementary level. I mean, it was, uh, but I did. I was familiar with it, so yeah, I did. I had, I had quite a bit of experience with it as I was growing up. You and Dicey doing your thing on RC Freak. Then what happened? <laughs> well, it's kind of a... St- well, all right. So Dicey just, and I were just... Just pour it out. I want, I want the whole <laughs> truth. This is, think of me like Oprah. You can talk to me. <laughs> so, okay. So RC Freak was going along. And, and I remember um, I remember that we we kind of started getting a few listeners. And when I say a few, I literally mean a few. 50, maybe. And this guy from Scotland got in touch with Dicey. His name was uh, Acid. That was his screen name. And Dicey told me that he got contacted by this guy. And I'm like, why not? It'd be great. You know, I, and Acid has had a real polarizing personality. And immediately the downloads started going from 50 a week to a hundred, 150, 200. And then I, I, I don't know. I said to Dicey one day and I don't know how he took it, but he let me do it. I said, dude, you got to give me a shot at the editing because Dicey was his editing. He was real, just kind of a straightforward Dicey was like a news guy, you know, mm-hmm. didn't, yeah. not a lot of flair, just, just the facts. And that was great. That was his style. So I I wanted to add a little more flair to what we were doing. 
and I gave it a shot and acid was like, holy shit, that was fantastic. We, you guys, we need to let Dan do the editing from here on out. No idea what I was getting into. And I remember 35 hour editing jobs <laughs> trying to learn new software. Holy cow. Uh, luckily we were only doing an episode about every, uh, it wasn't even consistent two weeks, three weeks between shows. So it wasn't that big of a, of a project. What happened from that was we quickly, you know, Acid's personality, fantastic speaker, uh, really able to engage and had a, had a really good knowledge of helicopters, much more than, than Dicey or I had, which I had none. I mean, you think I have little now? I had none back then. Hmm. <laughs> and, you know, I was able to kind of look at the hobby and represent the new guys. Dicey had a couple years of experience. Acid had a lot of years of experience. We started doing well. We started getting some listeners and, you know, there's, you know, typically uh, when you've got guys like that, there was some issues arise. Oh, and, come on now. Well, there's never any issues when you get a whole handful of dudes together. <laughs> so basically the issues came, um, the powers that, well, I don't want to say the powers, the people that were most supportive of Dicey at that particular time. Um, really didn't care for, they thought that we were dragging Dicey's show down uh, because it was more flashy, I guess, more edgy. And so we kind of felt like we were starting to be told what we could and couldn't say, De- uh, Acid and I. Not necessarily from Dicey, but I think Dicey was getting pressure. This is just my perceptive, my perception of what was happening. So yeah. it may or may not be right. But anyway, we... We both decided collectively, Acid and I, eh, we're just going to back out. So we did. We backed out of RC Freak. And uh, we started getting a ton of emails. Like, dude, where'd you guys go? And what do you know? That's 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 how the magic happened. Huh? That ha- that's how it happened. Yeah, we, um, you know, Acid and I started talking. And it, the timing was horrible because... It kind of looked like we decided that we were just going to quit Dicey and start our own show. We had no intentions of doing that, but it just did. It happened. So yeah, those things. Hey, man, when it, when it flows, it flows. Yep, it was, so it was now, good. Okay, so I got asked because this is this is something that uh, um, you know we get asked all the time from people. And for the record, we encourage anyone to start doing this that wants to. It's a, it's a far bigger task than you really realize, but like, I'm really curious because I see, you know, what we use now, what equipment wise, what did it start with? What was the <laughs> first, you know, the first RC Heli Nation version 1.0 <laughs> episode one, what was that recorded on? That was recorded on $10... Logitech headsets and a $15 Skype recording program called Feed for All. Wow. There was no multi-tracking capabilities. You couldn't even split. You know, as we started delving into it, we realized you could get other programs that would allow you to take one Skype call and split your own voice 
let's say you had four people on the phone. I could make it into two tracks. I could do my voice on one track. Everybody else is on another track, mm-hmm. which is nice because it does a little bit of a separation. But we had no idea that shit existed when we when we started. So, Man, so does this kind of like I, I've had people ask also a lot. What what was up with the music? Like that <laughs> that weird Scottish. I want to put a kilt on and and drink a beer. That background music. Well, actually, you know, that came up, that, that was, that was my technique that I decided to employ to hide the horrific white noise (laughs) that was caused by having (laughs) Skype, (laughs) that is Skype. And on top of that, horrible headset mics with bad microphones and bad ambient sound. And so I kept going through these episodes or going through these recordings and thinking, how, how can I, how can I do? I mean, I couldn't really, I didn't have any type of processing equipment, uh, nothing, no effects, no, no reverb, no, no, nothing, no compression of any kind, nothing. And so how can I, what can I do to kind of take away from that, but yet not distract the listener from hearing what is being said. And so I grabbed some weird like pub music that you would hear in Ireland or, you know, some medieval sounding, uh, you know, court jester music type stuff that is not, it's, it's not real overpowering. Yeah. But it just, it's like an ambient. It like adds. And my thought was, well, it kind of kills two birds with one stone. You've got, it, it kind of disguises the shitty white noise that I was trying to avoid. <laughs> but then it also made it like, hey, these are just a couple guys talking in a pub about helicopters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it was. It kind of turned out to be kind of a, as most of the listeners know, if you go way back to the first version of the show, it's kind of stayed with us. Even at this point in the game, we don't need that because, you know, we're much more evolved in our audio techniques. And we can get a pretty solid recording pretty much all the time. So we don't need that, but it's just, it's just something that I, I, you know, I don't ever hear any of the other, and I listen to a lot of podcasts. I don't hear any of the other guys doing it. It's kind of my trademark, you know? Yeah. It, it seems to, it almost takes out that kind of awkward yeah. si- silence Absolutely. that, you know, that just comes along with people, uh, talking to each other but not being face to face i mean it is it is so it's oddly difficult to carry on a conversation with someone when you're not looking at them and you can see their you know their facial mm-hmm. features and their gestures and their arms moving and and all that so you get those kind of weird little moments where it's like a dude i don't know if that was sarcasm <laughs> I, I can't see him yeah and that's the beauty of finding the right people. And we'll probably get into that. I'm sure you'll ask me some questions. Oh, about that. yeah, yeah. No, we, 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 so, okay. So you and Acid, you put this thing out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The first one. Mm-hmm. How, I mean, was it like instant hit? You know, it went over real well, but we got lucky in that um, our very first episode of RC Heli Nation, we had Curtis Youngblood on. Dude. I, I don't even think we could get Chris now. <laughs> I, I don't know how it happened. It, he just, I, he'd never heard of us. I mean, at the time, I mean, no one did. I mean, I don't even, I'm, I don't know if he heard of RC Freak, where Acid and I kind of came from. 
you know, we all love Curtis Youngblood, but I, I'm going to, I got to tell you, he is one of the hardest interviews I've ever done. He's a, uh, he's a pretty plain Jane dude. He is. And he's all business. Um, acid kind of had this little funny joke. He would ask people, he would say, so tell me, Curtis, are you a bender? And for those of you who remember back then, acid referred to himself as a bender. And what that was is back, we were all doing fly bars back then. And if you crashed and you bent your fly bar, you were a bender. And so this is really awkward. Like, are you, a, a, a uh, he's like, uh, uh. And so acid had to explain. He goes, Oh, of course. Yes, absolutely. So. <laughs> wow. So you guys took off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, it just, it, Kind of a natural feel to it. It was very natural. Acid and I, I thought we had a fantastic, and I use the word synergy a lot. You've heard me say it, Nick, many times. Mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned something that a lot of people might not consider. It is tough to hold a conversation, especially when you kid around like we do. Yeah. I mean, to, <laughs> what? Yeah, to, to know, you know, it's for, for someone to know when I'm being serious or when I'm not. It's that synergy that really existed. And I got to tell you, we went from, I mean, I, I don't remember the numbers, but I remember, I think our first episode saw like 700 downloads. That was like, like four or 500 more than RC Freak ever saw. And that, that's, that's a respectable number for, for, yeah, I think we did one every two to three weeks back then. Yeah. I don't even know 700 people. So <laughs> I don't know how that you would get 700 people to listen right off the bat. Acid had a really big presence in the UK, and we had most of our listeners uh, were from the UK at that time. Do so you think that kind of helped? Oh, I mean, like it did. Uh, it just it seems like that would almost like launch. I mean, it's cool to think that you were immediately international. Yeah, I mean, I mean, all worldwide. I mean, I was on Skype with guys from the UK all the time. I mean. You guys, you know, we'll get into this probably too, but I've talked a little bit about it, the whole Compass thing. I used to like, there was a guy involved with Compass in the UK that I used to Skype with all the time. He was like high up in, in the Compass organization. Uh, Dave, David Kettlehead assures me he no longer works there, which is a good thing, by the way. But, um, you know, it's just weird things like that. Shop owners, manufacturers in the UK that I just, I mean... All of a sudden, I was talking to all these guys. And Acid had a big part of that. And then we started to, you know, get listeners here in the States just from word of mouth. And it grew too fast. And I'll explain what I mean by that if you want me to. It grew too fast. I, I do want to know. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know, dude, I know that feeling. Why? What happened was... We, we had, we had a really good thing going and, and literally exponentially week to week, the downloads would increase. And, and as you know, Nick, we've been through this, it was kind of an archaic system of counting downloads. We've got, now we have that figured out. Maybe we can get into that a little bit later, but Mm -hmm. it's kind of a hard, it's kind of hard to count actual downloads. I know you would think it's, well, you just count how many that file, but it's not, that's simple. There's internet protocols and, and packets uh, of, inf- of data that's sent that have to be combined to, to count one. But yeah, we, like- had, we had kind of a rudimentary way of kind of gauging that. And 
it just grew so fast that that acid and I started disagreeing on the direction of where RC Hellionation was going. Acid had a real altruistic um, mindset in that he was very concerned of the appearance of advertisers or sponsors. My mindset was being American. I was like, well, everything costs money. I mean, this, this costs money. It costs us money every month. Mm -hmm. And I would like for this show to be able to pay for itself and not me have to dig into my pocket every month to handle the bills. We kind of, that's what led to the ultimate demise is that disagreement. So money. It, it did. It, and, you know, Ashley Hilly Nation, the first version had a nice short, albeit very strong run. Keep mm -hmm. in mind, we only did episodes maybe once every two to three weeks back then. So a nine week stretch or nine episode stretch was probably three, almost four months. Yeah. And it was in the summer and it just really went over well. Now, was this just on, like, could people just get this on iTunes? At the time, I believe so. Um, we did have a direct download right on that, that creepy old webpage that you guys remember uh, back um, that we had that was just, it was that, I can't remember, Joomla, I believe, based webpage. Mm -hmm. there, you could directly download it there, but for the most part, it all came through iTunes. All right, so the big question. There was, and man, I, I don't, like, I, I get to ask this question genuine because I don't really know there was big like baby mama drama oh dude I so I quit the hobby for a year what what happened spill the beans tell the story <sighs> all right so I am gonna go there I oh, went there yeah that's that's cool and and look I I want to I want everybody to realize that there were things said back then that I regret not necessarily on a public level, but privately between a couple people, in particular me and Acid and one or two other people. You know, it was a real ugly, ugly uh, battle. And it kind of, to be honest, kind of all started on Heli Freak. And again, without getting into too much detail there, we, Acid did something on Heli Freak. He cross-posted, apparently. Mm -hmm. And... At the time, I, Acid was my friend, and I he told me he didn't mean to do it. When your friend tells you something like that, you're like, well, okay. So I decided to call Will James, which was a huge mistake. <laughs> and <laughs> I got accused of doing some stuff I didn't do. And and I guess I became the target of a few high, very, very high-profile people uh, in a lot of public nastiness. And, you know, I did ask, so I, I was like, okay, I'm backing out of this asset. I, I just don't think I can do this anymore. And he talked me into staying, but I didn't realize that at the time he was planning on doing his own show called the llama cast. As some of you might remember the law. Okay. The llama cast. Well, th those listeners that used to listen back then will, will know, uh, will might remember acid had this thing with llamas and I don't really know. But he had like T-shirts made with llamas, and and he he talked about llamas all the time. I, I I don't know, so whatever. And so he was planning on doing this apparently, 
So why he didn't, I, I said, I actually said to him, I said, look, you can have it all. I'm handing you RC healing nation. He talked me out of it. He wanted me to stay four days later. He, he calls me on Skype and says, I'm done. <laughs> so, okay. All right. And, and I, I thought for a few days, and this is after I've got the ban from Heli Freak and, and all that public crap that, that happened. And, the, the long Skype conversations with a few high-profile people from the Helifreak camp um, that were just miserable uh, to, to go through. Uh, I just, I, did, I tried Eric Truder, was pretty instrumental in the whole version one show. He, he's the one who actually came up with the concept for the original logo that you guys see on our current webpage. Fantastic oh, wow. dude. Yeah, he... he he took, I got a friend of mine to draw a basic idea who she's a graphic artist. I faxed it to him and then he just made it come to life on Photoshop. And so, you know, he was very involved with helping with the webpage. And so we, we did do an episode number nine and Eric was with me on that. And it was a abyss, abyssal failure. It was just not a good episode. And it had nothing to do with, at the time, I didn't know how to carry on a, sh- a show. I didn't know how to, you know, I was fresh. I didn't, I couldn't do it. I really felt like I could not do it without acid. So yeah. after that, I shut the doors on RC Alienation. And I was so worked up over all of that public mess. I actually quit flying for a year. It's weird, man. Back back during that time, just in the hobby in general, there were uh there were forces, you know, at that time, uh, that could not be messed with. Absolutely there were. Absolutely. And, I mean, it, it didn't matter right, wrong, whatever. You cross paths with those and it was it was almost game over. Yeah. And I yeah, I know how that goes. And that that's a tough, you know, thank goodness you know, now where we're at in the hobby and just not, not us as RC Helly Nation, but just the hobby in general, uh, there's a lot more out there now. Oh, absolutely. And so, you know, no, no one individual rules, you know, really anything anymore, which is great. But man, I I know that's about, that's kind of about, I think when I got into the hobby and, and there were people that were, I mean, you know, yeah, and from a timeline perspective, if we want to put this in dates, we're looking at that happened, uh, oh, I want to say June-ish of, maybe it was June to maybe August of 2010. I quit flying midsummer. I put my helis in my trailer, and at the time I had a shit ton of helis. <laughs> the the many Twenty in the twenties, huh? Yeah, it was just ungodly. That's not right. And so I put them all in there, and I just literally, I didn't, I did not go back to the field. I, I completely stepped away from any contact. I, I took everybody that had anything to do with helicopters off of my Facebook. I shut the RC Helly Nation Facebook page down, which later turned out to be a mistake, but nonetheless, I did. I got a new email address. I didn't close out my email address but I forwarded everything that came to that email address to a junk email that I never checked and I never did check it. Wow. So this was a pretty, this was an emotional deal. This was, tra- this for me personally, it was very traumatic. And, 
And at the time, you know, there's some guys, some people, I, I have a, I have health issues and a, a lot of that has to do with genetic conditions that just can't be helped. But, you know, when I deal with a lot of stressful stuff that is just emotionally draining, it, it drags down other issues. And it, I actually spent quite a bit of time that winter in the hospital. And it was just, it was a bad, bad 10 months. So it was, it was bad. I mean, it was really bad. I, I just wanted nothing to do with any helicopter, anybody in the hobby. I was done. I have to admit that now that I've had my goblin for a couple months, it's really kind of starting to grow on me with the exception of one thing, loading the battery. The guys at KDE, they addressed this issue. They made a removable battery tray. If you've got a Goblin, this is your number one must-have upgrade. That sounds good, Nick. And if you're interested in any of the other upgrades that KDE has, visit their webpage at www.kdedirect.com. I think that we've all been there at, at some point with any, you know, any sport, hobby, you know, it can be job, it can be, geez, it can just be anything where yeah. you just have to wash your hands and walk away. But in your case, I do believe there was one very special individual. Oh, man. I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean... Paint paint that picture for me because I don't know, like what what brought you two guys together. Rob, he's like a brother to me, and we don't talk much anymore because uh, it's limited. He's going through a lot of stuff, and we've talked about that in the past. But he was known as Next Gen, and he was a big supporter of the show back in its early days. I mean, um, he would constantly send me PMs and say, great job. I really like what you guys are doing. Fantastic. And we kind of kept in touch, although he did not keep in touch with me because, I, like I said, I didn't keep in touch with anybody in the, in the hobby for that time frame. But I kind of started kind of creeping back into it. I reopened my email address. I kind of started going on. There was a the Curtis Youngblood's uh, forum at the time. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. What the heck was that called? Uh can't remember it's no longer active anyway um but i just happened on there and i had a pm from rob that was old and he's like hey i'm just checking to see you know how you doing haven't you know heard anything from you for a while and so i got in touch with him and we just got to talking and we started talking on skype and one day he said to me so have you ever thought about firing up RC Heli Nation again? And I immediately said, no way in hell. Am I going to put myself through that again? He goes, oh, okay. And he kind of let it go. Brought it up again a couple times, you know, a week or two down the line. And he got me thinking about it. And this was, uh, I want to say it was the following year, 2011. Probably, I don't know, it was before the Heli Pros Funfly, which was the first one, I believe their second year. And so we, we, we started talking about it and I wasn't really interested. And then 
I decided to dust off my helis one day and I took a, went out and hovered. That's all I was doing back then was hovering and, um, decided to go to the heli, heli pros fun fly. And I just, Bobby Watts was there and he'd been on the show many times. And I just, I had a conversation with him about the old show. He remembered it and, you know, hanging out with those people. I came back with a fire. I mean, I, on the way home, I'm calling Rob on the phone and I said, dude, I am, I am fired up. We have to do this. And so we started, we just started collaborating and thinking about how can we, how can we bring it back with the same gusto that it had? Cause I was truly, I was concerned because acid was such a polarizing uh, character. Mm-hmm. I really was concerned that it just that synergy wasn't going to be there. So Rob agreed to do some test runs, just a few episodes, pilots, if you will, that mm-hmm. were never going to be aired and they haven't been aired. They never made it. They never made it. They got cut because they were, they just weren't any good. Mm-hmm. But we started just working on, you know, that whole working together and getting to know each other. And it just started working. And finally I said, you know what? We're ready. Let's, let's do it. But before we do it, we need one more person and enter Callum Vickers. So for Callum, the thing was, I was thinking, well, this is a way for me to reintroduce myself to the UK people because he's from England. Yeah, and trying to recapture that audience. Because I really figured that that's the best place for me to start back then because that's where I figured we were most well-regarded. Mm-hmm. And so we brought Callum in and asked him if he'd be interested, and he was. And we did, I think we did one pilot episode with Callum as a test run. And Rob and I had a conversation after that, and we said, I think it's time. I think it's time to fire it back up. So some of you guys might remember our webpage. I, I never left the URL. I mean, I had the URL and there was just a, actually for a long time, I had a letter that I never did keep. It was like an explanation of what had happened and why our CLA nation didn't exist. So I took that down. And Dude, I read that. Did you? I did. I, I read that and was like, cause I didn't know. At that time, I, I had no idea what it was, but I remember reading that letter going, holy crap, someone pissed in someone's cheering. Oh, it was this bad. Is big. Dude. It was bad, yeah. So I took that down, and we put a big question mark on there, and that got some attention. I mean, I kind of started getting some emails. What What's the question mark? And there was a big picture of a, I think, a Furion or a, some some miniature aircraft, uh, Heli with a big question mark on it. And yeah, it got, it got some attention and we didn't let anybody know what we were doing. And we just, we just started releasing episodes to, I got back in the good graces uh, with Heli Freak for temporary basis nonetheless. But (laughs) you know, I, I played good. I, I, I didn't mention, you know, and look, I had conversations with Will James and, and we had some really good conversations and I was very thankful to be back on that forum. And I really grew to, to really appreciate that forum and its members. And I still do. I have a high regard for most everybody on that forum. 
there's there's no question that it's yeah i mean it's a it's a big part of the hobby absolutely and there's some fantastic people there let me do let me tell you one little quick there was one guy in the uk who owned a shop that is no longer in business and this is we're back this this little story kind of backtracks a little bit but it's really kind of relevant to what we're talking about now when acid and i started falling out i remember having a conversation with this guy and he told me he said what you and acid have this is once in a lifetime you will never be able to recapture that magic no matter how hard you try i don't know you might have been wrong dude (laughs) yeah where you at now (laughs) so and on top of that you know i had some fairly negative interactions with some guys that were at one point very, very, very prevalent in the hobby. And I'm going to swear here. So if you got a kid listening, cover their ears. Because this is, this is exactly what I was quoted. In a conversation, a Skype call, I was told, Who the fuck are you and why do you think you can do a podcast about RC helicopters? Now this happened right after we started version two up. Wow. And that really lit a fire under my ass because who, who has the right to tell me that? Do people not like, (laughs) it's funny because I, I had, uh, you know, I had someone, uh, very, very well regarded in the hobby. Tell me flat out blatantly, you know, you wouldn't understand and you'll never be able to understand because you don't fly as hard as I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It, the, uh, you know, the thing about that, I've come to, you're going to have your detractors and, you know, we've run into a few, Nick, as you know. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, actually, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but, there's one out of the many lessons I've learned from having you around Nick. And this is probably the one that I've taken the most out of every time you have a negative interaction or a negative email. There's all they're They're just, they're feeding you the information that you need to consider. And we use that. I mean, Oh yeah. We use that to really rethink what, is being done. It doesn't change the way we think, but we, you know, there's always something you can take out of that letter. Yeah. There's always something you can take out of it. Cause it, it, I mean, it goes back to the, you know, when you see like when someone complains, you know, on a forum about, Oh, I had this happen. One person might've wrote it. The reality is that they're, there might be 10 or 20 other people that have actually had it happen too that you don't know about. Right. So, you know, when one person writes, it is, it is important. And yes, it might take, um, <laughs> in some cases, it might take a couple of days to get Dan calmed down, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and come back down to reality about it. But it's just more, it's, and it's not, fuel to the fire like oh i'm gonna freaking show you or anything like that it's all right 70 percent of what you said is like just crap you know and we don't really care because we do kind of do our own thing 
I mean, it, it doesn't really matter to us what, you know, if people tell you, you can and can't do, we just don't care. Yeah. But there is part of that, that, you know, you go, okay, well, most of that was crap, but guy, man, now that they mention it, there might you know, be something to it. I, I kind of might see a little bit to it. Yeah. And then, you know, you go back and it's hard. It's, but if you want to progress in anything like this, you have to be able to swallow your pride yep. and learn from someone who's, who's been in this hobby for, for eight years and someone who has not been in this hobby for more than two months. You can learn from anyone. Yes. Absolutely. So, Okay, so now you started, I'm curious, you started on the, the $10 Logitechs. Yep. At what point did you say, I can't make it sound like this anymore? Well, you know, it kind of goes back and, you know, so here we are back at at show number one. Um, and actually, there's a bit of an explanation that I, I kind of want to talk about, about that very first teaser. But but as far as equipment goes, we were pretty much on the same. Uh, I think at that time I had found a little bit better of a program, and I cannot remember what it was called. But it was a little bit. Oh, it was. Um, uh, it's a Skype program. I can't remember, but it's a Skype. It, it's an add-on you can buy for Skype, and it actually does. It did a better job. It had like a girl's name, <laughs> Pamela. Pamela is what it was called. It's an add-on for <laughs> Skype. Oh, okay. And um, it, it allowed me to to um, have a little more control over the tracks. Not a lot, but a little. It started. It it it. Oh, it actually kind of. I kind of mentioned it at the beginning. You know, first we were just kind of glumping everybody into one call, one mm-hmm. Skype call, and recording it. And the problem with that is, you know, somebody might have a bad internet connection, or someone has a horrible mic, or are they talking over each other? And you can't you thin anything out. You know, you can't go through the edit and like take somebody's comment out underneath of something important somebody else was saying. So it, it got muddy sometimes. Ooh, I want to I want to break in right there because you you said something there that's caught my attention and that I know that we've heard and been actually been accused of. I, I want to I want everyone to hear, you know. The editing guru, Dan, what, what's the rules on cutting from raw audio, like the stuff that, that no one else hears except the people who are doing the episode? Right. When and how and what gets cut and what's the deciding factor? So generally speaking, let's say, uh, you know, we're much more advanced now um, mm-hmm. in that. I am able to separate everybody's audio and I can literally go through and thin out. uh, Like sometimes you and I and Justin will all say one thing at one time Mm -hmm. and to kind of like, I kind of, as I'm listening to each track, I decide if, if it was Nick that was on kind of the, the, the main topic and and Justin was like just agreeing with what he was saying and it kind of muddies that section out. But before I couldn't do that, but generally speaking, when I'm doing that and I've got four tracks of audio, nothing, nothing gets cut during that process except for when I need to clean out little sections. So essentially I have the four tracks. I go through and I clean 
the the breath sounds, the ums mm-hmm. and the ahs, I do nothing with the meat of the conversation. So then I mix it all down onto one track. And from there, all I cut are awkward pauses or when we when we actually take an editing break, like if something is brought up. Nothing gets cut uh, unless it is absolutely necessary, maybe of language or we're having a conversation outside of the topic uh, during the recording. Yeah, or if Crooked Head jumps on the keyboard. Sometimes I even leave that stuff in. And I, I've, <laughs> yeah. I've been criticized for that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we've had people say, you know, like, oh, you guys, you guys cut you guys cut something out of so-and-so's interview when, when he said that this was the best. Yeah. And that never happens. We, we wouldn't, I would never compromise because look, the simple matter of the fact is I have to answer to whoever's on the show and it's not in my interest, uh, to make somebody out to be something they're not. I could, I could, I guess, but I, and first of all, it's too much work. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but secondly, I know that when I edit, an interview that that person is going to, even if they don't listen to the show on a regular basis, they're going to listen to that. Oh yeah. And I'm going to have to answer for it. And on top of that, should you ever wonder if you're so inclined, I keep all of the raw audio from every episode. So I actually should a case arise like that, or I'm accused of that. I could actually just cut that clip and I've done this before. Keep in mind. I've actually cut the section of raw audio unprocessed and there you go. There it's it's raw. Raw audio. You can hear the crackles, you can hear the 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 breathing sounds, you can hear the oddities. There it is, uncut. I think the only thing that I've ever known of that we cut is um when like some dodo head, one of us, like screws up our, our audio. And then it's just way too poor quality. Like, oh, man, Skype. Let's touch on Skype real quick. Skype is such a double-edged sword in this game. Oh, man. It is, it is so cool because it, it gives you the opportunity to communicate with people all over the world. Yes. I mean, all over. If, if it wasn't for Skype, this would never have been there. No, not at all. But... You are at the mercy. We call them Skype gods. Yep. You are at the mercy of the Skype gods. Yep. And how many hours have we sat there waiting for, uh, who knows, the planets to shift <laughs> or, you know. The solar winds to stop blowing. Yeah, grandma down the street, we just need her cooking show to get done. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you yeah. know, that she's streaming. To get enough bandwidth back to get some decent audio. Yeah, it's rough. It is rough. Uh, it's just necessary, and it's one of those things. There's limitations to what we do, and Skype is one of them. There are other options, and I've looked into them, but the problem is it would work great because, Nick, you may be, I'm able to get you to apply or, or use this application, which might be better sounding than Skype, but your average guy that's coming on the show, they're not going to have that. Yeah. So it's just the, it's like the universal tool and we accept the limitations that it has. Well, we used to. We used to. And occasionally we're forced to, to do it again. But 
<laughs> yeah, we, we, we won't uh, mention any names because we wouldn't want to throw Nick under the bus. <laughs> but when you get a new computer, <laughs> so check all your settings. But kind of, kind of back to that whole the the equipment back at that first episode. Um, it was the same, except for Pamela was the only addition. And I mentioned that that first teaser. Um, and for those of you who haven't listened to it, it sounds horrible. Uh, the audio was, but anyway, look, the whole, the whole concept of that, of that 20 minute teaser is it kind of started out weird. It's got Rob playing a video game and then he, the phone rings and it's Callum, uh, and he's talking to Callum and all of a sudden you hear the toilet flush in the, in the other room, door opening close. And I walk in and I'm not feeling good. It was kind of a play on the, you know, I've just had this year-long stomach ache and blah, blah, blah. Those who knew about the first version of the show, they understood it. Those who didn't know about the first version of the show, I'm hoping they just saw it as just kind of a funny little, oh, this is the origin of RC Alienation. Cool. Because it was like, what do you want to do, Rob? I don't know. Let's do a podcast. <laughs> Sounds great to me. And so there you go. That that was the whole concept behind that. And, you know, some people, I didn't get any real negative comments about it, but it is what it is. <laughs> so, so did you get, I mean, was there, how was the feedback from everyone else when you started version 2.0? I mean, did the, you know, were the haters still there? No, no. I, you know, I, other than the one conversation that I mentioned earlier, I got a ton of support. I, I got so many emails saying, oh my God, I'm so glad you decided to do this again. And to be honest with you, I mean, you've seen the numbers. Um, they weren't shabby, considering that we just no. kind of popped up out of the middle of nowhere. They weren't; they're not anywhere where they are now, but they were they were respectable. I mean, they were right on par, maybe a little bit less than what we were seeing with. Now, the first teaser and the first episode weren't, but that's it. Took a while for people to for the word to spread, and I was yeah. I was back on Haley Freak at the time, and I politely asked Will James if I could post the show in the news which helped it was fantastic and yeah it just it kind of started going and um, all's well that ends well this is Pinion for HeliPros.com you know sometimes Pinion is out practicing his low altitude crop circles or maybe even some low altitude smack with a little 3D thrown in for good measure or maybe even an epic skid bump, and things go awry. And I break a part, or two, on my precious heli. That is when I need helipros.com to come through for me. Because not only do they have great prices, but they have the parts in stock and can deliver them quickly, so that I can get back in the air as quickly as possible. And for this, Pinion is eternally grateful. Remember my friends, helipros fly hard because helipros has the parts, yes. And you asked me about the equipment and when did I realize that this isn't going to cut it anymore. The first, I, I was constantly looking for the ability to multi-track the show. And for those of you who aren't familiar with that, that is simply putting everybody's audio on their own track uh, and then mastering it down and doing what I do with it. For the express purpose of being able to control the audio individually. 
And I was searching and searching and searching for that solution. And I just came to the realization that the solution is there, but it's going to cost a lot of money. And it did. Oh, man. So I here, here we go. And if you guys remember, the first show you heard uh, where I decided to start upgrading from just your typical Logitech headset mics, I don't remember the number, but it was with Gina Davis. I want to say early 20s, episode 20-ish. And I got a Mac because I knew Mac was where it's at when it comes to audio production. And I tried GarageBand and it turned out horrible. I mean, I listen on, I, I edit with a set of studio headphones, but guys were telling me, God, I, I heard Rob's voice in the right front left speaker and, <laughs> you know, or up in the, and I heard you <laughs> back in the back rear and Gina was, oh, I don't even know where she was. It sounded like she was standing next to an air conditioner. It was bad. But see, it was the first evolution because now I knew the next step to utilize these better programs was something I knew existed in the audio world. Um, Well, in particular for podcasts was to do, have a mixer so I could take, but it requires my Mac And for everybody on the show, it requires their own computer. So if you think about that, you got four people on the show. I have to have my Mac. I have to have four other computers to run this process. Real, real high quality. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. High quality laptop. I remember I was, I was buying laptops off eBay for like 50 bucks. (laughs) If it turns on and Skype connects, we're good to go. Yeah. That's all I was looking for. So that was a, a huge turning point for the audio quality. And if you guys listen to say an episode in the early teens, you know, one through 10 early teens and, and you listen to that, you can hear that audio evolution. And there was a really rough patch when I first got this gear because it required more than just the mixer. So now we're dealing with a mixer. Now you need effects and processors and, and, and look, there's a way around this that I didn't really consider Uh, I'm a knob guy. I like to pinch and turn. (laughs) So my options were, my options were to try to figure out how to do it digitally, which I can't stand or to go the old fashioned way analog. That's the way I chose because I like to be able to reach over and turn a knob. It just, it just works better for me. So, you know, we got, you start dealing with, you know, limiters and gates and, and, you know, vocal processors and this, that, and the other. And it really turned out to be, a pretty substantial investment and learning the I'm, I'm just happy that those listeners stuck with us during that time because <laughs> there was some rough transition, but it was part yeah, of the natural. We, I mean, I can remember when I got around, it was, Oh, I mean, yeah. What you guys heard was a, you know, hour at that time, hour 15 minute episode. Yeah. But you didn't hear the three hours it took. Are the, uh, you know, the scrapped full nights because the audio was just so bad we had to dump it and, or, or I lost an episode. I've done that a couple times, you know, but, you know, so we, we started rolling the equipment around and then, you know, Callum, he kind of, you know, he kind of fizzled out, um, I don't know, mid teens, uh, you know, early, you know, like 12 or so, 13. Uh, to be fair though, 
we recorded at night and so it was like eight o'clock for us, but it was like four thirty in the morning for him being in the UK. So that I think that's something that people don't don't really realize to get three people together. Oh yeah. At the same time with three separate lives, separate families, yeah. separate locations in separate time zones. Yeah. Is a daunting task. So I want to talk for a minute about Rob. Rob is got to be, I mean, one of the most unique voices that I've heard on the show. Yeah. Not from an audio part, but that guy, he lived in his own little world. Yes, he did. And it was a, a very happy, very interesting and, and very <laughs> creative place. Right on his front porch there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he never, I mean, half the time you're laughing and then at the same time going like, dude, you've got to hand over the drugs that you are yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the news thing. You know, I, I've never even attempted it because I couldn't like, why, (laughs) where did, where did Rob come up with that stuff? I have no idea. I think he would just let it free flow. You know, Rob had quite an extensive background in audio production and, um, he was what he he called it. He liked to call himself a white rapper. (laughs) So (laughs) his brother actually recorded some rap albums. He, well, he is a very funny guy. And he's got a great sense of humor and just weird. And he just, and you know, and I always encouraged Rob and whoever else is on the show, don't just let loose because if, if it, whatever you're attempting, if it doesn't work, we can take care of that post, post-production. Yeah. You know, and he, he ran with it. I mean, he took that, he took that football and, and did a 90 yard dash to the end zone and he scored, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I can remember listening just being so, like, as, as soon as I, you know, I heard the word news, it was like immediately I would stop working, <laughs> you know, and it was, I'd, I'd press the, you know, my earphones into my ears and turn it all the way up so I could just hear every little weird word that came out of his mouth. Yeah. And I think that, I think that everyone really appreciated that. It added, it took away from the, this is an official blah, blah, blah. Right, and, right. And just, you know, really brought that everyone's just screwing around having fun. Absolutely. And Rob is such a, a good guy. And, and you know, and I've said this so many times, but to do what, what you and I and Justin and Jesse and, and everybody else who's been involved with the show has, you know, this is like another hobby on top of an already fantastic hobby. And you really, to to be able to do what we do, and 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 most people have a passion. Most all everybody has a passion, but but this is a unique passion for the hobby because if you think about it, you know I've I've often had people say, "How do you guys? I mean, how how do you do that? How do you just talk about? I mean, just helicopters for like two hours? I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah." But it's because of the passion, and Rob had the passion. He absolutely loves RC helicopters and and he's just he he was such so easy to work with and he had the same vision as I did which was super important for the new version of the show because Rob understood that things cost money and 
to take the show to the next level was going to require some sort of capital. I mean, no one's ever, we all, we understood that this was never going to be a money. This is not a venture capital thing. I mean, this, if this thing was designed to make money for somebody, somebody should have got fired a long time ago. (laughs) Everyone. But, you know, there's, there's things that have to be bought. Internet access has to be bought. You know, equipment has to be bought. And you can only do that out of your own pocket and still maintain your enjoyment while trying to progress it and turn it into something bigger and better for so long because it becomes substantial after a while. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it's like I liken it to... I don't know how some of these guys do it. Like if, if you're a father with a, with a kid that's still living at home and you want to get into helicopters and, and you want to get your son in it as well. So now you've got your hobby times two. Yeah. My God. <laughs> Kudos. Well, that's, to- that's kind of what, I mean, that's what this is. Oh yeah. So, absolutely. I mean, we wouldn't have, if we didn't fly helicopters, we wouldn't have anything to talk about. Absolutely. So we have to keep going on the other in, in order to, to fuel this. Absolutely. But it's and not, can, but the thing about that for, and I'm sure you agree, Nick, that's not hard because it's just, no, it, it is work. It turns into work. And, 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 and the thing of it is, is um, I remember somebody telling me, dude, you're going to burn yourself out. I'm like, I don't know people. I can t- look, I can have a bad week, but getting together on Friday nights to record, it literally is like a therapy session. Yep. Because we get to laugh and we get to forget about sh- all the shit and just really talk about something that we'd love. So it's easy in that sense. Yeah, it's it's the, you know, for me, I'm not a I'm not a bar hangout kind of guy. No. And you know, I know that pretty everyone that's involved with the show now is that same way. Yep. But but this is my it's I mean, this is my Friday night out with the boys, you know, Absolutely. having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I never leave my house. And, and that, you know, back to Rob, that's kind of, he had that same mindset. He understood he brought that. that. He you did. You could hear that in his voice. Just that, you know, that I, God, I just, I love this shit. I mean, you could hear that. Yeah. And I got to be honest too, Rob really brought it out of me. I mean, he, I, I was kind of, look, I, I've always said there, this show requires roles. And I've always known that I can never be the answer guy. And so I needed an answer guy. And I, I, this show requires somebody that can really fly just because we need that perspective. At that time, Callum was that guy. He could really fly. He was a fantastic flyer. Mm-hmm. Rob was not a, a bad flyer. He was a good basic 3D and maybe intermediate, intermediate 3D. But Rob knew shit that I didn't know. So he was my go-to guy. That left me with the only role that I could really fill. So I had to work on that. And Rob brought that out. He helped me uh, learn how to roll the show, how to keep it. You know, I struggle with it still, but how to keep it going and how to, you know, do the intro and, and, and how to just let the conversation flow. And Rob brought that out. That was all Rob. Well, yeah, there's there's no question. I mean, he's in my mind from someone coming back and starting, you know, 
where, where I started listening, it's like I, I still, uh, you know, I've sat down and I've recorded one episode with Rob, but I, he's just he's like always there. Yeah, you know, and and so that's a, and but now, well, well, let me say one more thing before we move on from Rob because there is one thing that every listener should realize. If there's any credit to be given for the existence of RC Hill Nation version 2.0, it goes completely to Rob because he was the catalyst that pushed me and prodded me and kept bringing it up. And, and kind of, he's the guy that kind of got me flying again, uh, just by talking to me about helicopters. And if it weren't for his influence, I don't even know if I'd be in the hobby. So I give all the credit for what RC Hill Nation has become, not taking away from what we've done as a group, but the foundation was all wrong. Yeah. So Jesse, as you know, I've been doing a lot of testing lately on my electric. And what I'm starting to realize, man, is that my batteries are really weak. You got any recommendations for me as to what batteries I should check out next? Well, Justin, lately, I've been having really good luck with Genzace batteries. So if you're looking for some batteries to get you through your testing and keep you in the air, I would definitely go take a look at Genzace. So there you have it, guys. Genzace batteries. You can get them at hobbyparts.com. On, on top of Rob, you know, obviously with his completely one-of-a-kind sense of humor, um... <laughs> there's another another individual uh that that was a guest host for a while that brought a a, a pretty bubbly humorous um <laughs> little aspect to the show and that was Brian. Oh yeah, Brian. D- tell us a little bit about Brian. Well, Brian was a friend of Rob's. Uh that's how I met Brian. And a a really good friend of Rob's. And the three of us kind of became kind of like three amigos back then and and, um i still talk with brian occasionally he's very busy he's a seaman we give him shit about that and what i mean by that guys is he actually goes into a boat out on the ocean and he drives underwater um ships like from the boat like remote control ships like submarines scouting out the ocean floor for oil and so that's what he was doing and so you know he had a Barney. Uh, you, I don't know, Nick. Uh, did you ever hear Barney? Yeah, yeah, oh, yes. I, <laughs> I I don't think I could forget Barney, even if my brain wanted to. And Barney was a character that he kind of created um, that was solely influenced by, I believe it was a cousin of his that he grew up with, that he just adored and had Down syndrome. And so, it, you know, it there was no disrespect in his impression of Barney. And Barney was a very lovable character that was just a lot of fun and he would bring that out and that was his humor and and it was great and he told us a story some of the listeners might remember he was a policeman in a past life he did a full traffic stop as barney (laughs) and i i don't i don't you know the whole story is funny i don't remember what episode it's in but i i just remember him ending the story with the woman calling his commander saying that is so great that you guys are doing what you're doing. I mean, he was so polite and so he just by the book and he handled his business. But I got to ask, there, he doesn't have bullets in that gun, does he? 
<laughs> so Brian is a really good guy. He, he just, you know, he's a, he's a good, fl- he flies really well. He's got a great sense of humor and he's just, he's one of those guys that's just there when you need him. And, and, um, you know, it's like anything else. Life gets in the way. And gone, but never forgotten. Gone, but never forgotten. I mean, you know, never forgotten. Brian was a good guy, really good guy. Is a good so guy. Who, He's still who around. Else, who else we got? Uh, Dan Taylor from the UK. Ah, more of those UK guys, huh? Yeah, Dan Taylor's. You know, um, I was for a while. Some of you guys might remember. I kind of went on a lost binge. I watched oh, all 122 God. episodes I'm in so like seven glad days. I missed that. <laughs> and. Uh, Dan was really into Lost, and uh, for those of you who are familiar with that show, I I, ha- I posted a picture somewhere, a side by side picture of of Dan Taylor and the main one of the main characters from that show, Benjamin was his name, and they just look splitting, uh, they so similar it was uncanny. But Dan is a he's a videographer, and he did some really good videos of some events in the UK. Uh, and he kind of, he, he also, you know, he kind of comes and goes out of the hobby. He'll sell all of his shit. And then six months later, get back into <laughs> it. So, you know, he, he's, he's around and then he's not, and then he's around. So when that happens, it's kind of hard to keep guys regularly coming back. But again, one of those guys that's gone kind of from the show still around. I mean, I, ca- I catch up with him on Facebook every now and again, but never forgotten. Yeah. Now we got Dieter. 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 Dieter's the workhorse. He's the guy that just handles shit that, that no one ever would realize. I mean, the, look, there's one thing I can really appreciate about Dieter because I've experienced, I've experienced some less than positive interactions with some, not necessarily anybody we've mentioned, but other people that were somehow involved with the show. And that would be that ultimately their goal was to just get on the show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess you can't, you can't blame them for that, but, um, Dieter's, uh, he will do anything that we need. And he has never once said to me, Dan, I'd like to come on the show ever. I mean, he, he's just solid as a rock and willing to help at a moment's notice. He's a fantastic guy. I mean, he's truly, I mean, he's one of the good guys. He just is. That's all there is to it. Yeah, it's like he he's not he's not a he's not a guest. He's he's a true friend. Yeah, he to the show. He and as far as I'm concerned, Deer is the fifth member of RCLA Nation. Absolutely, because he's he's he is part of the team. Um, yeah, in a ways and that just, yeah, in ways that a lot of listeners will never know, but and that's okay with him. You know, that's not his motivation. His motivation is to just help, and that's it. Yeah, and, and that's something that, you know, we. I don't think that people will ever really realize how much he helps and what he does, you know, because just because you don't hear it, it's like you always kind of wonder, man, wow, man, this he is a very essential building block to this show. Absolutely. And he's just kind of like the ones that, that you just don't hear, but he's there and he, he's just such a huge part. And, uh, you know, obviously he's working his ass off. Well, I guess he did work his ass off to, oh, no, to he, help make the fun. Fly he's out. working his ass off today. I sent him on a shopping trip today for supplies. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's out there. He, well, now, tonight, oh, he's he's enjoying Game of Thrones, final episode of the season. So have fun with that, Dieter, because <laughs> the work is just beginning, my friend. So you had you had this feeble attempt at a website. Yes. Oh, that God. you had, and I've heard you say, just absolutely butchered. Oh, horribly. It, look, that site was Rob and my attempt at trying to put a site together. And Rob did all he could. I did all I could. But it got to the point where all I considered the website was nothing but a holding spot, a, a place, a book holder for the show, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And, that, that, and it all was because of my lack of knowledge when it comes to that stuff. Now, didn't you just like, didn't you just ask? I did. I did. <laughs> Help. <laughs> I did. I got onto Facebook and I said, please, if anybody is reading this and you know anything about web page stuff, <laughs> I didn't even know what you called it back then. Please get in touch with me. And immediately, I got a response from Jake. You guys remember Jake? Oh, yeah. Jake was um, very helpful. Man, did he... Dude, he turned that web... And it's look, Joomla, I guess, is a good platform. It's not as visually appealing as, in my opinion, and I may be way off base, but... that website just wasn't visually appealing, but he worked it as best he could. And it started, it started to get a little more traffic and it started to look a little bit better and the links were fixed. And, and, and and he really was instrumental in bringing that around and did a fantastic job with it. Jake was like, you know, he was, he was actually really funny to have on the show because he was, he, he didn't say much. No, he didn't. But then when he did, it was like really, uh, like really comedic, com- comedical. Yeah, is that a word? The timing was great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just like that quiet, you know, like just waiting and waiting and waiting and. But yeah, man, he, I miss Jake. Yeah, I do too. And look, it's like anything else. Uh, you know, Jake was very instrumental, and and again. Gone, but not forgotten. I mean, I truly miss... And and look, there's the one thing about this that is unfortunate. But it's a reality. This RC Hilly Nation, it, it, it grew to the point where it wasn't just, just a podcast that Dan was doing. It was a... It, it kind of grew into a machine that just needed to be helped and decisions have to be made. And it, it, you know, it happens. And what sucks about that is people that you just truly enjoy hanging around and talking to, you know, all of a sudden they're gone and and there's really nothing you can, it's hard to make help, uh, have people understand why, Decisions like that are made because no one is experience. No one is experiencing it from my perspective. Yeah, and it's unfortunate. And I do. I truly do miss Jake, and and I really wish him the best. And man, I just I too I truly do miss just having conversations with that kid because I did. I really enjoyed 
having Jake around. He was a, he was a good guy. He is one of the good guys. So. The the level, you know, the level of commitment that it takes to do this week in and week out and to grow, it's 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 ridiculous. It's, I mean, it really is. Yeah. It's 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 flat out. Uh, and my wife would probably agree. It's just ridiculous. You know that that you guys put so much into talking about toy helicopters. Yeah, and that's a you know that's a hard. You have to get to that point where it's like, well, you know, this is what it's going to take to grow to that next level. And man, people have lives and jobs, even though we all seem to forget and and expectations. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know. Visions change. I don't think necessarily my vision for what I would like to see RC Heli Nation has ever changed because I, I envisioned what I envisioned to be honest with you is kind of what is happening. Cause I just, th- there's one thing about this production that has kind of kept me going. And that is the realization you know, I, I have a deep respect for Chris and James and those guys, uh, their new show, RC Today, and Dicey, who unfortunately doesn't do his show. I listen to those guys, and I respect what they do, but I always knew that we could do it a little bit better, and and that's okay. Uh, and yeah. you know, I mean, that might come off wrong, but it just isn't in my mind because it's just it's why it's becoming what it's becoming. And that's what I mean by expectations. What, what do you expect? What are you expecting it to be? I mean, it's going to grow and you need to realize that as it grows, you have to be flexible with what is expected because as, as the responsibilities increase, I mean, we are beholden to our listeners. And mm-hmm. if I can't, I've had this conversation with you, Nick, if I can't, if, if I, I've had to cancel one show and I don't remember, did we even cancel or we just delay the, I can't remember. No, we did. We missed, we missed one week. It was the freaking the llamas. Yeah. And it was just horrible. And, and it's, it, and I remember we came back and it just that whole week. I just felt like something was wrong because we missed the show and it's just it it just requires that and it's unfortunate but those things happen and i've always said it i wish jake the best and and jake if you're listening dude (laughs) send me an email man i'd love to talk to you yeah and thanks and thank you for everything you did thanks for everything thanks for thanks for listening to me when when i was frustrated with dan (laughs) (laughs) which is easy to do it's easy to yeah. become frustrated. That, that's another thing that, you know, geez, getting three three guys to consistently agree and get along all the time. Oh, Holy cow. Yeah. And, you know, it's part of that, that growing pains that a lot of people don't get to see. I mean, there are times, I mean, I remember our first big project, and I don't want to jump too far ahead, so stop me if I am. But I remember our first big project was the web page, and that caused oh, some strife, dude. And it's tough because 
you, we all wanted something big, but see, here's the, here's the, the trick is to, when the show is being recorded, all that stuff has to be left at the gate <laughs> because, you know, now it's time to just do the show and get it and do it right. And that's, it's, that's not easy to do sometimes. But, that is really hard to do. But it, it's, it's one of the things that we have to do. Because it's not always peachy. I mean, there are times when we go to record and something horrible has happened or there's a disagreement between one of us that has just maybe gone a little too far. And But it's, as soon as the record button is hit, all that stuff is forgotten and it's time to just do what we do. And, and it's weird because it's not, it's not acted forgotten. It is forgotten. And it's, it's Absolutely. That's it's that whole laughter heals the soul, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, it's a release. Absolutely, that's, that's why. That's that's why I wanted to, you know, stab myself in the eye all week <laughs> from doing this. It's for this moment, absolutely, right now, absolutely, and it does, it does make everything. So then, yeah, then there was, uh, I wrote you an email. Yes, <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. and I have no idea why. Like, I can truthfully tell you, I don't even know why I did. Well, let me tell you guys this story, because this this is a very pivotal, pivotal moment in our Sahelian Nation's history. So this random dude that I've never talked to, I get an email, and I, I don't even remember what you said, but I think you said something about, hey, I'm, you know, I kind of really follow up with the news, and uh, you know, if you ever need anybody or would, you know, you'd like to do some news, I'd love to give that a shot. And I said, well, you know, I, I've always, and there's many people out there that I've had these conversations with for the sole purpose of seeing if they wanted to be on the show because they've expressed interest. And I'm literally not kidding, 50 of you out there. And you guys all know who you are. And I've, I've always said, well, let's have a Skype call. Just, 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 you know, if you can hold a conversation and I can kind of tease you a little bit and you can tease me back a little bit, this might work. So anyway, I decide to, uh, or I get this, this dude, Nick Lynn was his name. You guys might, might've heard him <laughs> get on Skype with Nick. And it's funny because it didn't take, but a few minutes and the conversation was went from, oh, you know, I might be interested in doing the news, or I'd no, it went from I'd like to do the news or something like that to then me saying, well, shit, I'd love to have you do the news, and then it quickly evolved to, dude, I think that I would like you to do. It was now it was me trying to convince Nick <laughs> it, it, instead of it, there was no, there was never really a, it was not a, a matter of. Nick trying to do something or say something to convince me to, to put him on the show. It was me uh, within 10 minutes of that conversation trying to convince Nick that he needs to be a part of this podcast in, in a way bigger than the news. And then 10 minutes later, it was like, okay, and we'll, we'll start taking over. We'll start with Hungary and then we'll move on to China. And then but we <laughs> got to make sure. And, and then don't forget, we got to take over Japan too. <laughs> and I, well, I, Nick's kind of leaving something out of this because it. I didn't get an answer from Nick that night. If you remember, Nick, you said to me, 
well, you know, let me, I, I need to talk to my wife and I just don't know that I really want to commit to, to that. But, I, you know, I, I can see myself doing the news, at, at least doing something with news. We went from that, it was like a two or three day kind of a back and forth and, and he, you know, Nick, you came on to do the news. And then right then I just knew it. I, I said, well, this, I got to do whatever I got to do to get this guy to come on every week. And, and I remember it was, there was some hesitation. If you remember, I remember it. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't anything to do with the show. It was actually, you know, it, it had more to do with, I have a personality quirk. That I'm sure everyone knows, so it's nothing new. That I don't like to mess around with stuff, right? Like I'm a go big or go home, shit or get off the pot kind of guy. And I knew, like, oh damn, if I start this, I have to stop, you know, something else in my life because I just I consume stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and it consumes me to the point, you know, I I do have ADHD. Um, I, I'm I'm that guy, you know, who never quits. And so that was my hesitation: was that I needed to know if I was prepared <laughs> for that commitment. For yeah, my mind to take, you know, put me on that journey. Well, and that, to be honest with you, Nick, thinking back, that was probably the most appealing thing because. I, at that point, already understood the commitment because, see, I was I was concerned at the time because I was, you know, Rob had been gone and Jake stepped up to help with the hosting and, you know, we started doing guest hosts to kind of fill in and I knew, I mean, I honestly knew because, you know, Rob's reasons are completely personal. And, and if those situations had been different, Rob would still probably be involved with the show because his commitment was there and there was no question. But I knew that I needed that. I knew that I needed that level of commitment because you can't do this without that. And that's what I recognized right away. And that's why I was so attracted to the fact of having you be a part of the show. And I, I was adamant about it. I mean, I was absolutely adamant about it. Yeah, we, dude, we just ran with it. We did. I, mean, I don't, it's all such a blur because that's, <laughs> that's how half my life is because I never slowed down enough to remember it. But I mean, it was just, we just took off and it was, it was consuming. <laughs> I mean, every single day was the conversation on what can we do bigger and better. Absolutely. And that's, that's where all the bigness started happening. I mean, I I just acquired the gear, so the foundation was laid for the bigness that was bound to happen. Uh, and and it required people that had that same vision and the strengths that I don't have, the organizational strengths, the the answer guy that I knew I wasn't and somebody that could hold a conversation and could joke around and to be honest, didn't require a lot of coaching as far as the, the various, you know, techniques that I have found to be helpful for me personally. 
uh, when it comes to doing a podcast every week? I don't want to say that it was easy, but it, it just felt it flowed. Yeah, it I did. Mean, it, did. It, it did. It, it just it all kind of came together. I, I think the only place that got the show has never once. Uh, and I can truthfully say this, the, the actual recording and doing the weekly show has never been once bumpy or awkward. No, it just isn't. Not for me. The only times that we have ever, I mean, that it has been rough has been, oh man, you know, the these huge daunting projects that people, I, you guys got to understand this, we have no talent for this other stuff. No, it's <laughs> like it, we're zero, stumbling through but, it like idiots, but. I have this horrible way of being like, well, but dude, if we want to do it, then we'll just do it. We'll just make it happen because we're making it happen people, right? <laughs> so, I mean, we'll, dude, we, we got this. We got this. We got it. And I volunteer these guys for like, you know, it's all of this false reassurance that everything will will be okay in the end. And, and that's where the, oh, man, the, the website. Oh, my God. Yeah, there were some pretty pissy conversations over the website. Oh, yeah. That was, I mean, oh, geez. But, you know, along with that, we had incredible people help and step in. So, Dan, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little tired of Nick making fun of me carrying my charging stuff around in a cardboard box. I'm looking for something to, you know, kick it up a notch. You got any suggestions for me? Absolutely, dude. Head over to ProgressiveRC.com, man. They got all kinds of charging accessories there. They got cases. They've got chargers. They've got leads. Anything you could possibly want. And best of all, dude, you can toss that cardboard box aside. Remember, guys, that's ProgressiveRC.com. They got what you need. idea for digging in. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, I knew it right after we started the show. I understood the balance in the weekly podcast. There has to be a balance. And and we talk about this all the time. You know, we can't, it can't be a tech geek hour every week. No. Because, you know, the most important thing to us is being able to relate to every single person in this hobby. And here we had, you know, Dan, who represents the, you know, the the average everyday, uh, everyday pilot. You know, he's experiencing a lot of stuff for the first time. Um, you know, doesn't like eat, sleep, and breathe fly barless systems and tuning. Right. And yet, I was more on the technical end, more on the hands-on side of it, but I. I didn't have that that schooling, that background, that like living, walking thesaurus of technicalities. I wing a lot of stuff, and I, I mean, I shouldn't say I just make it up because I don't. But but I understand how it all works in on the top level. But then there are people who just like they're robots. Yep. And I knew that I wanted to do this this technical, you know episode above and beyond this where I could just totally hang that side of me out 
and, and not feel bad about it. And I knew that there was only one person that I could do that with, and that was Justin. Yep. Yep. I did not expect, truthfully, and he's going to hear this and be like, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> um, we never had intentions of actually bringing him on the show. Nope. Not at all. Like, not at all. Uh, we just didn't, we didn't know if it would work. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, this could be too much. I mean, this could be too much. It's one thing to, they always say, don't mix friends and business, you know? And that's where it was like, okay, well, this could be too much. I deal with Justin on a, on a friend level outside of the podcast. Now we're going to be involved at this. And, you know, me and him have always uh, been involved with, with the technical side of the hobby so I was concerned with it being too much with the with his new baby, mm-hmm. you know, that he had coming. And I knew what I just went through with Dan, which is like, dude, I I can't get enough of this and it's consuming me. Uh, and I didn't want him to have to go through that because he's very much so like that, too. Yep. But it I mean, how what and I left that. I remember this conversation. I do, too. I was wondering if you're going to bring. That I up. told you, I said, all right, dude, here's the deal. Who you bring on this show is 100% your call. And I said, I want no part in yep. it. I do not want, because that's not my deal. Yep. What made it for you? Okay, so uh, having conversations uh, with with Justin, as I remember, we had him come on as a just kind of a guest host one night. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I really could feel the 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 synergy with him, uh, but I was unsure as well because, as Nick mentioned, it's a little unfair to. I mean, I knew Nick had it. I knew Nick had the 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 level of intensity that I that matched mine when it came to the absolute commitment to what we do. But I've always said, and I've said this to Nick before, it, it's unfair of me to ask that of anybody else. And so that was my only concern. And I just remember I called him on the phone one day and um, I knew that we kind of needed more to the show, more voices on the show, perspectives. And I had a conversation with him for a while. And, I, you know, my, my goal, I will, mainly what I was looking for was to find out what he expected out of it and what he was willing to commit to. You know, I'd been introduced to his background, which is astoundingly amazing, as Nick mentioned. I had this conversation with him, and, and, you know, he just came across as real and genuine and enthused. And I think I called you right after that, and I said, dude, he's here. I, I want him on the show. And there it was. He's been on every episode since. Yeah. And, you know, Justin is a very unique individual. I mean, we, we kid about him, you know, as most of the listeners know, he is a rocket scientist. I love having Justin around, if not for the simple fact that when I get into a crazy conversation at the field with somebody else about something crazy that has nothing to do with helicopters, but something to do with physics or math or science or whatever, I can send Justin a text and he'll have the answer. I mean, just recently I got into a conversation with somebody 
about how deadly blades are on a helicopter and they kind of disagreed with me about the speed and the, and so I texted Justin and he like did the math and told me how fast a 700 blade is spinning at 2100 RPMs at the tip. And then he went on to tell me what the PSI <laughs> for for a 4 inch swath of ankle it would it was like 6000 PSI for that four inches, it would come in contact depending upon how, how far through the target or how far through the impact it went. And he, he said he estimated a lot of it. And I, and I was like, really? Yeah. Like who is this guy? <laughs> you know, and it's just a fantastic resource and you know, it doesn't hurt that he's got a good voice and mm-hmm. he can hold a conversation. He's got a great sense of humor and he fits. He's yeah. That, that New York background in him, I think, is what makes it. Yeah, and because it does, it gives him that ability to to back off a little bit. You know what I mean? And, and lighten up, be super technical but humorous at the same time. Absolutely. And i I considered it an absolute score when when I had that conversation with him and. And he said, yeah, I'm up for it, dude. I'm ready. And I was like, oh, sweet. Here we go. Here we go. We got the, we got three people in the lineup. This is perfect. This is awesome. This is mm-hmm. what the show needs. I've always said that at least three people. I mean, two people, Acid and I did it with two, and it worked. But again, Acid was kind of larger than life. Um, but I've always thought that the three-person format is optimal. And it just works because you, it's, it's nice because look, when another thing that maybe some people don't consider is there's off nights and like, I'll show up and I'm just, I'm not with it. I'm not, my brain isn't working as quick. I I don't have, you know, I'm just having an off night, but that's the beauty with three people. It doesn't matter if one of us is having an off night because the other two can pick up. Mm-hmm. And that's that's important. That's important part of the production. So so what made you what made you want to add a four? Well to be honest Okay, Jesse, don't take this the wrong way. <laughs> but when when Jesse came on to just try it out and and my idea was to have Jesse kind of just come in and every now and again. And not really be a part of the steady lineup. Um, and mainly it was because, you know, he was pretty shy at first and he didn't, and it just, it, it, it wasn't a lot of extra work to deal with his track, but yet he would give some input and he was a fourth voice and mm-hmm. it just wasn't a lot of extra. It wasn't a lot of extra for me to, to deal mm-hmm. with that. One thing I really like about Jesse and a lot of listeners have recently kind of picked up on this is his humor is so witty. It's that, that dry kind of Chevy chase humor. And I, I absolutely love that humor. And it's like the timing is perfect. I mean, you may not hear Jesse talk for 10 minutes, but then all of a sudden he'll pipe up and it'll just be something that's just incredible, funny, but then he's opening up as we go along. And it just is, it's really adding 
to the thing. I wasn't really married to the idea of having a fourth person on the show, but those first few shows, I remember we were, Jesse and I were talking and he's like, well, you know, if, if you think you can have me on, if you want me to come on, you know, I'll look at getting a better mic. And partly at that time I was like, well, go ahead and do it. And so I kind of felt like, well, I told him to do this, so we should have him <laughs> have him on, right? <laughs> That's adorable. But, but the thing is, is is he's grown with us, and that he's the one person that was like the the just he just started off slow. He did, but has grown and grown and grown every single episode. But the the one thing he did have from the start that I really really appreciated was when it comes to flying and I I said it earlier there needs to be one person there that can just really throw down and Nick can fly real well and uh, Justin he can fly (laughs) (laughs) and uh, but but Jesse's on a whole different level oh dude and so that lends to our credibility because you know we can talk about this topic or a topic in particular and we've you know we can have that perspective from the beginner to the more advanced to a guy that probably given the right amount of time and maybe in a year or two can probably stand toe-to-toe with any pilot in the world Mm -hmm. and that is that's huge that is a that is a huge plus and that aside on top of everything else he's just grown with the show and he's stepping into his own and you know he 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 gives as well as he takes and boy did i give him shit <laughs> oh, dude the, that poor kid was like oh so what do you fly compass oh yeah you're coming <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean it's the, the lineup now is really solid and and for those of you who are listening that were a part of the show, you guys all know who you are. That is to never take away from anything that you've contributed to the show because, man, did I just say contributed? <laughs> How about contributed to the show? It's just been fantastic, and it's been a huge part of the evolution of what we do here. But this, this current lineup, this, this is the magic lineup. It's weird how it fell into place. I mean, there's seriously every one person's strength is another's weakness, and and it just goes all around that square of four people. And I, I really don't. I feel that there's, there's no, there's no point that we're found hollow. And that's the key. That is the key. And you know, these guys, these guys have committed. They, they have done you know nick justin and jesse have committed to me in this production way more than i could have ever asked of anybody i mean they've done so much more than i could have comfortably asked anybody to do but see this is this is what our sahili nation has become it, it, it was a project that i started and i wanted to see grow but this isn't dan's project anymore you know, this this is not Dan's show. This is RC Hilly Nation. And this is our show. You know, Nick and Justin and Jesse have just as much ownership over what happens here 
as I ever, ever have. And that's the thing that I really hope that you three understand. And and I'm sure you do, but I don't, I really don't feel like I I don't feel, I wouldn't feel comfortable making any decisions for RC Healing Nation, save it be for maybe some equipment for the, for the audio production in particular. But as far as the direction, the, what we do, who we talk to, what we say, you know, as we're, if we're discussing whether or not we need to go into detail about something we've heard, you know, everybody that's involved has equal say in what we do. And it's just fantastic. It, it takes a lot of pressure off me, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, I think the way that the way that we do the show and our, you know, our hidden rules uh, make it very easy. And that's something that I've always, I'm very, very glad. And I've, I've mentioned this before. We have a huge advantage. And the advantage is that none of us make a living off of this. Yes. And, you know, people say, oh, well, why is that an advantage? You guys could do this and you could sell more of this and you could sell more of that. And do I mean, you guys could walk away with some bucks. I have no doubt that we could. We absolutely could. But the the advantage to not doing that is that we don't have to appease anyone. Right. And we can go out there week after week and we don't have to. Well, oh, yeah, that's right. I can't say that. Are we going to talk about, okay, well, make sure you say this. We don't do that nope. ever. Nope. You know, we bag on who we want to bag on. We give props to who we want to give props to. And we do it real every single week and that actually makes it easy and i are i think our you know all of you our listeners appreciate that and that's i mean i'm i'm so i would not be a part of something that we couldn't do that in because that's me and believe me all my sponsors are very aware of that you know and on top of that i want to add you know the show itself has sponsors and um every one of those sponsors understand where we come from there are no absolutely no stipulations i mean if we have a sponsor that does something stupid we're going to talk about it Mm -hmm. Um, because they they get it they know and that's the thing they support us in what we do and nobody tries to nobody tries to mouthpiece us because that's just not going to happen and that's that's a huge part of not worrying about who gets a paycheck from RC Alienation because nobody does. We don't have to worry about that. People yeah. support us. The sponsors in particular support us because they appreciate what we're doing for the hobby or attempting to do for the hobby. Not because of any other reason. And I've never had a sponsor. I have had a sponsor email me and say, hold on a minute. <laughs> you know, and I just simply respond with, hey, it, you know, if it happens and it, from our perspective, if we don't agree with whatever happens, then you know what? That's that's just tough luck. But other than that, we've never had a sponsor try to tell us what it is they want us to say. They Every one of them is completely left it to us, it, even the ads we do. So it's a good thing. Yep. And it, it's cool, you know, being involved with, with these sponsors they're 
they're all like special to us in their own little way. And it's not, you know, Dan kind of touched on it in the last episode. It's not just about advertisement time. Uh, you know, obviously that is a part of it, but you know, they're, they're supporting what we do and what we believe in. And that's a really big deal to us because it's just the more that we can give back to the community. I mean, the more sponsors that we get and, and the more downloads we get and the more people that listen and the more people that, you know, get to enjoy this, the bigger and better it gets. The gratification for us is being able to give back more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Dan, I got to say, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. A uh, little, little, little different. Very different. I, I think I think uh, next week you can have this spot back. Oh, come on now. No. <laughs> no way, man. It's really, you know why? Because I can't sit there and, like, load up my one-liners <laughs> when, when I'm trying to think in my head, like, oh, you know, got to stay on track, got to stay on track. Where would I be without those? Oh, man. Yeah. Nowhere. Well, I, Dan, I think that you have, uh, I think that you've created something really cool. And uh, I'm, I mean, I'm honored to be a part of it. I know that all of our listeners appreciate, you know, really appreciate you and, you know, and Rob just saying, screw it. We're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a crazy fun ride. It really it has. has been. Hopefully, won't quit. Absolutely. And let me also just say, you know, to everybody out there who downloads our show every week, you know, thank you. And thanks for letting your friends know. Thanks for all the emails and just thanks for the, what sometimes is just crazy support. I mean, just, it's a little overwhelming because sometimes you just, it's just hard to fathom that some dude in Montana, I sit behind a mic with some friends that over in Washington and, in Uruguay, people, you know, I mean, Botswana, Africa, uh, you know, <laughs> Saudi Arabia, you know, the Russian Federation, Japan, New Japan Zealand, guy, Japan guy, and you, Japan you know, guy, South yeah. America, Chile, you know, Venezuela. It's a little, it's, it's amazing. I, I can't express my gratitude enough. And of course, to Nick and Justin and Jesse, Dieter, Jake, Rob, Brian, Dan, uh, Jay, Larry, Larry Kagan. My God, without these guys' help, there are so many people that have been involved with this project that have just been so instrumental. Thank you. That's all I can say. Thank you. It's been amazing. Well, you want to, uh, I don't feel comfortable taking this out. <laughs> I, I just don't. I, I don't. That doesn't, I'll do everything, but I draw the line at that point. Well, all right. I'll take over. I'll take over that, that one. Nick, if I wanted to send you an email, how would I do that? Uh, you would most certainly shoot me an email at nick at rchelynation.com. And of course, if you guys wanted to get in touch with Justin, that would be justin at rchelynation.com. And Jesse would be jesse at rchelynation.com. Dieter is Dieter at rchelynation.com. And I am Dan, and you can reach me at dan at rchelynation.com or Dan K. Reed on the forums. This has been a 
just kind of a weird episode released the Thursday before our fun fly. We're going to have a great time this weekend. And if you guys are going to be out, be sure to stop by, say hi. And uh, of course, we're going to be making the rounds, saying hi to everybody and thanking everybody for showing up. The fun fly episode will be released on Wednesday following the fun fly. And then the following Monday, we'll be back onto a regular schedule. So until then, guys, I guess I won't see you next Monday. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Have a good week. We'll see you next time. This guy's baby. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you in part by Heli Pros, KDE Direct, Progressive RC, and Jen's Ace Batteries. We thank you for listening, and if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email. <laughs>